Yes, of course. As Edward left, Cassia asked, Was anyone else left anything? A few small bequests to servants and so on. Lady Beatty obviously felt you were the most worthy recipient, and having no children and being divorced from Sir Richard... Does he know about this? Not yet. I will be informing him as a matter of courtesy. Cassius stared at the will, at the words. I exercise my power of appointment in relation to the Maple Trust in favour of my goddaughter, Cassiopeia Blanche Fallon. Why didn't she just leave it to me? I mean, why the trust and everything? I believe Lady Beatty was a little extravagant. It was thought best to put the money in trust for you. Yes, well, that's certainly true. And the Harringtons don't know about this? No, I visited your godmother in Paris last March to draw up the document. You were the only person to have had sight of it. You and your husband, that is. At the apartment in Passy, I suppose? Indeed so. Very beautiful it was, I must say. I see. So Leonora had lived out her last days in comfort. Cassia had wondered, wondered and feared. What happens now, Mr. Brewster? Oh, I have to obtain grant of probate, but you need have no concerns about it. Oh, and here is a letter also lodged with me from your godmother. Reading the writing, slanting across the thick cream paper, was like hearing her husky, amused voice. My darling sweet pea. Oh, that name, Cassia thought. That ridiculous name. And suddenly she was back there, on the terrace at the Ritz, twelve years old, led in by Benedict. Cassia had come to London for the Peace March, invited to stay with Leonora, her rich and glamorous godmother. Although very excited, she was also extremely nervous as she stood on the platform trying to spot Leonora. After a very long hour, it had been Benedict Harrington, Leonora's brother, who had appeared charmingly apologetic. Leonora's been held up. She phoned me and I came the minute I could, but it must have seemed a very long wait. Benedict was tall and slim, golden-haired and brown-eyed, really very handsome. He'd been instructed to take her to meet Leonora at the Ritz, where she was having tea with friends, and nothing she'd ever seen could have prepared Cassia for this place, with its tall, tall ceilings, its gilt chairs, its chandeliers, the unbelievably smart people. And there was Leonora, smiling and holding out her arms. "'My darling,' she said, giving Cassia a kiss. "'How incredibly lovely to see you!' She led her onto a wide terrace set with tea tables and large palms, to a table where several other ladies were sitting— they were all dressed most wonderfully in pastel-coloured afternoon dresses with elaborate hats. Leonora put her arm round her. She was tall, like her brother, with the same golden hair and brown eyes. How pretty you are, she said. And what am I to call you? Cassiopeia's a bit of a mouthful. Most people call me Cassia, said Cassia, smiling at her. Oh, sounds very dull to me. I shall call you Sweet Pea, a little bit of your name. 
and that is how you look. One of those flowers, very curly and colourful and delicate. Everyone, I want you to meet my goddaughter, Cassiopeia Berridge, but we shall call her Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea, sit next to the lady in yellow. Benedict smiled and bowed briefly over Cassia's hand. Goodbye, he said. I shall see you tomorrow, after the march. Goodbye, and thank you, Cassia said. So divinely handsome, your brother, said one of the ladies. Still not engaged? Not yet, said Leonora quickly. Now, sweet pea, would you like a cake? And she waved at a waiter. To Cassia's absolute horror, Leonora took out a very pretty cigarette case and picked out a cigarette. The waiter was hurrying towards them, and Cassia felt quite sure he was going to ask her to put it away at once. Smoking in public was the most...